know what? I am a firm believer that you do not have to be a product of your environment. Um, I can tell you I am not the only success story out of my circle. You know, have plenty of friends that um, did not have the same opportunities or didn't have the two-parent household or even that one parent there that was pushing them to do better. However, they had an internal drive and they wanted to do better for themselves. I make it a point to emphasize the positive, to push people beyond the limits of where they think they can go. Hello, welcome to the 205 Vibe podcast, where we discuss topics related to Rockford Public Schools and the larger Rockford region. I'm your host, Earl Dotson Jr. Today, I must say, as I typically say this, but truly, again, I'm very, very excited about our guest today on the show. Someone who I've known for a long time, and I'm happy and proud to call my friend, and kind of our careers have kind of grown together, and we grew up in the same neighborhood, and um, you know, ran some of the same blocks and streets and so ladies and gentlemen please welcome to this show uh, assistant deputy chief carla red how are you i'm good earl thank you i i just want to say i'm excited to have an opportunity to be here with you today 205 vibe was a new adventure for me so very excited to hear about all the good things that you have going i appreciate that first uh i think it's it's nice uh that I know you and some people who will listen to this will certainly know who you are, but not everyone knows who the one and only Carla Red is. If you would, please just take a, a brief moment uh, to just tell us about, you know, who you are, um, how you kind of got started in this work, right, in police work and your rise to where you are now. So just just whatever you want to say about just who you are, where you come from, you know, your background, your family, whatever you want to share with the people. But that being said, as you mentioned, we kind of paths grew along the same directions. I am a Rock 40 and born and raised, uh, with the exception of a few years, which my parents moved south, and then we came back to Rockford. So uh, I definitely consider it a privilege to be able to serve in a community in which I grew up in. So, um, you know, Pretty much born and raised southwest side of Rockford, uh, West Warrior, last graduating class. I have to put that shout out there yes, as definitely. well. So The Warriors will appreciate that. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, uh, it was not a question for me, I think, in regards to whether or not I would return to Rockford, you know, after college even and, you know, build my family here, establish a career in this city and I just have so many fond memories of Rockford it's a good environment good place to raise you know a family so I'm married I have two kids I come from a two-parent household I was that middle child if you will <laughs> so you know my other older brother seemed to get away with more things than I could one being a boy and then with my sister being the youngest you know she was baby girl so Kind of felt like she couldn't do any wrong, mm. but, um, you know, definitely grateful for the parents, you know, the, the upbringing, the rearing that they provided, you know, and my mom being an educator herself. 
kind of set that footprint, you didn't have a choice on whether or mm. not you were going mm. to college. Mm -hmm. It was a matter of where are you going? Mm -hmm. She didn't give us an opportunity to say, oh no, I'm not going to school. I'm gonna you know, go here. No, it's where you're going. So I'm thankful for that opportunity as well. So, so just hearing you, just listening to you right now, right? I, I, was, I was going to go in a, in a, in a particular area, but I, I'm still ask this question. I'm gonna come back to something you just said. But in particular, um, you know, you know, police work, uh, getting started as a police officer, you know, all the challenges, all the things that are involved with that. Did you face initially, you know, what kind of hurdles did you face? Obviously being, you know, female, African-American, um, you know, how did, how did you, uh, were there any hurdles that you faced? And if so, how did you overcome them? I, I think I'll, I'll digress a little bit more. Let's go back a little further in, in talking about that. Cause growing up in the Southwest side of Rockford, I can't say I had a negative relationship with police officers, but I had you know enough associations with others mm -hmm. that didn't view police in a very fond light. However, um, with that being said, it was not my career path. I can't mm -hmm. tell you that was an early passion. Okay. As a child that I wanted to grow up and be a police officer. As a matter of fact, I was gonna go to law school. Okay. So with this gift of gab that I have, <laughs> I'd have been awesome in a courtroom. So. <laughs> Uh, but I, I can tell you this, um, we had an awesome recruiter that worked for the Rockford Police Department, and I've always been fascinated with law. So after graduating with my undergrad, I actually end up working as a probation officer. Okay. So, you know, wanted to get my feet wet a little bit in regards to the court system, kind of see how things were going. And I can remember some of my schoolmates Officer Curtis Sockwell, mm -hmm, Detective mm -hmm. Eddie Torrance. These guys started, they started their career with the Rockford Police Department before I did. With that being said, they would come by my office from time to time and they just love their job. So granted, you know, I'm sitting in a desk, I'm in a suit every day, thinking life's good, but no, these guys provided a different insight and was just passionate about their job. The recruiter that we had at the time, um, Louis Gugliuzzo, he also, I didn't know him on a personal level, but he kind of saw me advance through high school into college, after college, and I could not see him anywhere without him asking me, Carla, you ready to join the police department? And I mean, every time I would see him. And so long story short, I had a friend that was interested in testing for the police department, at which point I took him over to introduce him to Louis. And Louie looked at me, he says, Carla, you ready? You ready to join the police department? I'm like, you know what? I think I could use a change. So I took the application and it was full steam ahead ever since, so. <laughs> that, that is, what, a, what, a, what an awesome story. Now I'm sure not every, I didn't, I, I didn't even know, as long as I've known you, those, those details, right? How you got started. So along those lines, and that's another place where our paths cross, uh, because I think I, I was a juvenile probation officer and you having also working in probation work, you talked a little bit about just your upbringing, right? And, having the two-parent family household, having a mother who took education seriously, um, having positive experiences growing up in the neighborhood we grew up in. How do you, so, so what, are your, what is your thoughts about those who didn't have that, right? The people who you, had, you interacted with in probation work, people you've interacted with in police work, 
How does your upbringing, I mean, what's your mindset? What do you think about when you're just dealing with other people who may not have had that foundation? How do you think that affects um, how people act in our society? You know what? I am a firm believer that you do not have to be a product of your environment. Um, I can tell you I am not the only success story out of my circle. You know, have plenty of friends that um, did not have the same opportunities or didn't have the two-parent household or even that one parent there that was pushing them to do better. However, they had an internal drive and they wanted to do better for themselves. And it's ironic that you should mention that. I came across an adult uh, probationer whom I used to supervise and he made a statement to me. He said, you always believed in me. He said, you always pushed me. And it's, you know, I make it a point to emphasize the positive, to push people beyond the limits of where they think they can go. Um, I can tell you, I've had those conversations, even with some of the circles that, you know, I grew up in. Some people went right, some people went left. And honestly, those opportunities, I was faced with those opportunities. Do you go right or do you go left? But because of, you know, that structure at home and I knew my dad wasn't playing with me, <laughs> I took that right road. So, you know, there are, there are enough influences out there that aren't all positive that can gear you into that wrong direction. And I think internally, you just have to, you know, have a strong enough drive and motivation to understand you don't have to be a product of the environment or you don't have to be influenced by those others. You just have to find a different circle to affiliate with. Thank you. Um, so again, just, just, just picking up on that whole kind of um, your upbringing um, um, in terms of how you viewed your neighborhood, how you viewed your community. You mentioned you you felt that Rockford is, was a great place to raise a family, and so I know you get this a lot in your in this in your work. So both you and I both know people who, you know, which is fine. They they leave Rockford and go other places, but one of the things that we have that you hear certain people say about our city is whether or not it's a safe place to live. Right? We we hear this. Um, you know, crime, whether it's the media who, who you know, who help, um, you know, portray that perception, if you will. Um, what are your thoughts about, because, you, you know, because we get that, you hear that, right? Some people, I don't know, it depends on where you live or how you feel um, or your experiences, but whether or not Rockford is a safe place to live, what are your thoughts about that question? I definitely say Rockford is a safe place to live, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a police officer. Um, I've got enough other family members that have stayed in the city and could have relocated and gone anywhere. And one thing we have to move away from the mindset that, oh, well, this only happens in certain neighborhoods. Show me a city with no crime. Show me a city in the United States that has zero crime. I don't know of one. So, and with that being said, there are, you know, we get more than our fair share of violence that takes place but I can tell you from the professional aspect and being you know in law enforcement a lot of what we see um, in the terms of violence is very specific in regards to who they are targeting who the offenders are targeting you know it, it's it's not a common occasion where 
we end up investigating a homicide and the suspect is not known by the victim. There's, you know, there's usually some type of prior history that we can associate there. So the random acts of violence aren't so random. So um, now let's just switching a little bit um, to you know the Rockford Public School system and the, and, and um, you know the, the all of the the students and young folks who attend our public schools. Uh, the police department has taken a kind of an active role in terms of making sure that you all connect with our youth in the schools, in the neighborhoods, and I know it's something that you care about and, and passionate about. Talk about why that's so important in terms of establishing those relationships uh, with our young folks. You know, it's so often, I think, well, one, there's enough negativity going around with law enforcement in the community in other segments of the country. I don't want that to be Rockford's story. That doesn't have to be our story. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, growing up in Rockford, I didn't have a bad association with police. We just pretty much had no association. Um, I love the fact that we can sit down and see each other as human beings and develop that relationship with the kids. And it's just so ironic with working in, uh, previously with the strong neighborhoods, I had a kid that some of my officers had developed a relationship with and it's easy to see an officer in their position now, but you don't know their story. And I think it's just so crucial that we understand each other's story. And to the point where I've got an officer that, I mean, he once he tells his story, and that kid that thinks he's got it bad can realize, wow, the officer had it a lot worse than I did. And then, to be able to differentiate, the only difference between you and I are the choices that I made along the way. And so when you're able to see somebody essentially pull themselves up by their bootstraps and make it out, that yet gives that kid hope. And once again, you don't have to be a product of your environment and oh no, I know officer so-and-so, they cool man, don't give them any problems because we've had that one-on-one -on -one interaction and able to develop those relationships. You know, uh, I, I say that all the time to, to young people and adults, right? Everybody has a story, right? You just don't know who, who's, you know, every, everyone, you never know what their background and where they come from. Um, you know, I remember when I first started with the school district, I'll, I'll never forget, I, just, I had just started and um, someone, a, a, an interview, a reporter had uh, asked me a question about, um, youth crime and youth violence and I right away said that I don't believe that um, there is a youth quote unquote youth crime uh, violence problem in our community and I re just remember uh, some people had came up to me in public and was like challenging me and like what do you mean they're, they're, you know blah 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 you, there is youth crime and youth violence um, I just didn't I just wasn't accepting that premise um, and I, I understand that everyone has a a perspective. Um, I, so I'm, I want to ask you, when just just that whole youth piece, um, what would you say to people who think that there is 
uh, youth crime and youth violence, and that's that's where a lot of uh, things that happen in our community around that issue is that it stems from our young people. Do you think there's a youth crime problem in our community? Well, I can tell you that um, we pay particular attention to our number of youth that are involved in violent crime, if you will, to the point where we've kind of strategically transitioned ourselves to a point to start to disrupt those things that we do see to the point where we don't necessarily wait for if we start to see a juvenile's name that's appearing um, in multiple reports we are now and it's so easy for the perception to be made that oh that kid must not have a parent at home or the parent doesn't care about that kid and I can tell you with some of our recent interactions, we found it to be just the opposite, where that we're having these parents that are at home and essentially crying out for help and thanking our officers for coming through. Because what our focus is at this point is, okay, let's find out what the underlying issue may be and get that family connected to services and see what we can do to help them, you know, get get on the right track so so, so you all act as uh, just social workers as well i mean you do it all i'm sure you all wear many many hats you know on that on that note you you all have these kind of remote um kind of police stations now and i know the one we're at currently here on broadway they they do they're very active with our youth and doing different things just in your career what have you seen that are some of the better interventions for some of our at-risk youth and like whose responsibility is that? I think it's a community responsibility. Look, in, in a way of, of the terms that the kids would understand, we're living our best life right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I just love the fact that we have officers that are, you know, they are going above and beyond to reach out. And, and to the point that we, it takes a village. It takes a village to raise a child. And, you know, I was just so touched. And just so that the community can, community can understand the mindset of some of the officers. Last year, we had a family's home that was burglarized around the Christmas season. All the kids' toys were stolen from under the tree. Do you know we had an officer, and I want to say it was a supervisor, that went out and bought the kids gifts and replaced them. And they did that of their own fruition. You know, there was no reimbursement from the department. That's just the goodwill and nature of good people. So, and we all have to coexist. So with that being said, uh, we have to go above and beyond. And yeah, the traditional days of police officers coming in and just, you know, running the streets and going call to call is over. We, we have a deeper responsibility and obligation to each other. And so, and with that being said, we're not okay. I don't care what area of the city you live within. We're not okay with, oh, well, that we expect that to happen over there. No, no. Everyone that lives in this city has a right to be safe and secure in their neighborhoods, in their homes. So, and I can tell you right now, no level of crime is acceptable. So we're really looking to continue to work together bridge that gap and and let's let's solve the issues that we find so do you view yourself as a role model i do i do i do you take that role seriously very seriously 
and that's you know and just your interaction with adults and and young people definitely why do you why do you think that's why is that important to you you know what i want to leave this place better than which i found it and once again i believe as citizens in this community we all have that obligation so that's not just on my shoulders to bear that's on everyone that's a resident here and and even more so our guests that come in the city too because i understand they don't have the same respect or love that a rock fortian may have for the city but we need to hold them to a higher standard as well having said that you know people who come in and, and visit our city and uh, who are you know, passing through or who relocate here um, or who, who see us on the news or whatever the case, what do you think is the biggest misconception about our city here, Rockford, Illinois? Well, I don't know. I, I hear so many misconceptions. It's, it's difficult just to put my thumb on. Is there, is there any that stand out that you think that, you know, that's just wrong. You just don't really have, you don't really even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And if not just that, but but just about our, you know, just going back to that youth piece, is there what what is the bis, biggest misconception just about our our kids um, and the people who dwell here? Do you think people just don't, you know, what what are they not, what are they missing? I, I think they're missing the fact that we have to dig deeper and find out what's going on. It's not that this kid is just bad, you know. There's some underlying issues that have to be dealt with, and you know. I, I'm not that psychologist and I don't have, I don't practice psychiatry or anything like that. But with that being said, um, just depending on that individual's level of exposure to violence, and that tends to trigger a whole lot of other issues because if I'm reared in a home where if there's any type of conflict or confrontation, it results in violence that then thus becomes a learned behavior for me so automatically the way that I am going to deal with a confrontation is going to lead to violence because that's what I've been taught my entire life so and you know once again with are the emphasis that we have within the Rockford Police Department and really drilling down on the domestic violence issues that we have that are that account for one third of all of our police calls for service. So we we are now you know focusing on the children that are raised in those homes and the exposure of domestic violence because that pattern is only going to continue because if it's not dealt with because I've now taught my daughter if the offender is a male this is what happens in a relationship and I teach the man or my young boy who's growing up this is the way you control your lady if you will so we've got to disrupt that cycle but again just that that work you know just police work you've come up through the ranks detective work and, and just uh, you know and, and, and most of us uh our, you know, the closest we get to, you know, crime and crime scenes is on what, what we see on TV. Um, but what what is that like? I mean, I, I just just take us a little just a little bit down the, the your mindset um, when you when you um, arrive up on scenes 
that are just tragic in nature or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you mentioned some other things, but there's all sorts of, of crimes that you all investigate and see. Um, that has to be, you know, mentally tough sometimes just to see sometimes the soft underbelly of a community and watching people who either misbehave or just mistreat other people. Um, is that, I mean, whether it's young people or adults, you talk a little bit about the young folks about where that stems from. Um, but just to, what, which can people take away? Is it, is it drugs and alcohol? Is it a little bit of everything? Is it just people who just weren't raised right? What do you think when, when you arrive on the scene, like what's your, how does that affect you mentally? And, uh, you know, how does that affect your, your psyche, if you will? I'm just curious. You know, I, I can tell you, um, going to more than my fair share of these type of scenes, there is a mental preparation that, you know, takes place as you're en route there. Um, being reared in the church, but God, you say, know, say I, that. I, I get that all the time. Um, I don't know, you know, from different people, I couldn't do your job. How do you deal with this? How do you deal with that? But God. So look, I'm not trying to go to church on you, but I can tell you right now, without that relationship and having that fortitude and that strength, I probably wouldn't have made it, literally. Um, and there's so many aspects that you have to deal with, with um, going to you know a homicide scene, uh, because we are going to go there and be about the business of investigation. But with that being said, one of the most recent scenes I was on, I had to deal with that grieving mother that was there. So granted, we want to do our due diligence to investigate, but it's important that we take the time out and have that communication with that family and explain to them the process and why it is we need to do some things that may seem a bit intrusive. However, it's our job as we go through the investigation. So I, I think in, you know, dialing back a bit, being able to explain and having those conversations, although that mother isn't going to try and hear what you're trying to say right now because I just lost my son, or siblings don't want to hear it. You know, sometimes I have to pull them to the side and explain, look, this is what we, this is what we have to do, and um, explain why we have to do it. Then it's, you know, it's a lot easier appeal to swallow versus, you know, just coming in and being about the business. So. Last question. Uh, you had mentioned earlier about... Um, leaving um, you know this earth this world this community a better place in which you found it and um, you know as, as you we sometimes as you as your career goes on you know we all kind of contemplate that um, you know, leaving the world a better place when you're done and you and you look back um, whether it's on your career because you've just described like life but also work and work and life and how the two interact even on your job. But when you look back for Carla Red, and what does that look like to you when you leaving the world a better place in terms of um, when you're done with your work? What does that look like to you? You know, I, I guess I haven't thought that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can tell you right now, you know, it's just touching lives. It's, it's just touching lives. And you know, I, I just want to see, I want to see everybody make it. I want to see everybody succeed. 
And sometimes we can want it more so than they want it for themselves. Yes. But, you know, I think above all and foremost, um, once I'm done, that legacy is, you know, what she was someone that gave tirelessly, you know. Um, she cared about the community. She cared about people. She cared about humanity. And uh, that's been my foundation. You know, even with, and once I reflect back and think about it from time to time, my mom was that, you know, growing up in the South and coming North, if you mm -hmm, will, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. that's, the that's the conversations a we absolutely, have. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, friends and family that were still saw South and had a desire to want to do better, looking for jobs. My mom and my dad, they were the parents that would open their door and allow friends and family to come and stay with us and not charge them a dime because she wanted, they wanted to see their friends and family do better. You just come here, get a job, save up some money, get on your feet, and we're good. So, and you know, I can't, you know, Although I'm not at that point where I'm opening doors and doing all that, I'm paying it forward from a different aspect, I guess. So, thank you so much. That was well, fascinating. You're more you than know, welcome. The, la one, the last little fun thing that I do, just to you know, just to so people get to know you a little better. One of the questions I ask three little quick questions. So, when you're not at work and you got some, and you're off in your free time, do you? What is? Is there a particular favorite? TV show or a movie that you could always go back and either look at or just something that comes on that you like that you gotta watch you would think that as indulged as I mean I am with criminal investigations and law enforcement that um, I wouldn't do that in my downtime I, I do watch a lot of crime TV okay. shows <laughs> Okay. But, okay, but, that's okay. Yeah. Good. Good. So, that's, that gives us a general idea. Mm -hmm. What about um, if you lay back and you relaxing and you and, or you're in your car? What, what's what's in the, what's in your uh, what you listening to? Are you oh, listening? Goodness, I'm an R&B fanatic. <laughs> R&B fanatic. Okay. And you know, it's just, sometimes you know, I, I I'll hit the hip hop realm too. So okay. it just it just depends on my mood, you know. So okay, uh, I have to be careful with that because sometimes you get to tear the club up music, yeah. you know. So. <laughs> and then the last one. What about um, your husband or your fan, your kids, and they 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 want to take you out and say, you know. You know, we want to take you out and tell you how much we appreciate and love you. Where you want to go eat, or what, is there a particular food that you gonna always that I'm I, that's my go-to dish? I am a food enthusiast, so I love all food. Um, but I am that you know I'm that you know if the kids want to get me away, take mama to go have fun so she can relax. I'm like a Dave and Buster's just okay. get away, you know. I don't want to dress up because, you know, I do enough of that. Just let me kick back and enjoy time with the family. So, Love hey, we can go get food and, you know, play some video games because I'm a kid at heart, too. I'm like, let's go. Let's go. So. Ladies and gentlemen, Assistant Deputy Chief Carla Red, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank I'm, you for uh, having me. Good luck to you. Okay, appreciate thank you. you. Thank you for joining us on the 205 Vibe Podcast. If you'd like to comment on the show, please call us at 815-490-4117. Leave us a voice message and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.